Hey, it's Alexis Haynes, and this is my podcast, Recovering from Reality. Hi. So we started this podcast in, did we launch in February or March? It's only been a couple of months. I am so grateful for all of my early listeners and my new listeners. My first 15 episodes, I feel like, have been pretty intense, which is great. But today I thought I would switch it up and do kind of a Q&A because A, I want to get to know you better and I want you to get to know me better. And, um, I just thought it would be fun to switch it up a bit. So I did an ask me anything on Instagram and I do these periodically and Instagram is a great platform and all, but I feel like I can't really thoroughly answer questions because I'm like typing out a quick response. So, I mean, here we go. This is going to be fun. Um, Someone said, wow, we're getting right into it. (laughs) Someone asked, how many times a week do you have sex with your husband? Okay. Um, (laughs) I think that people often, I think that people want to know about my sex life because I talk so openly about my recovering from so much sexual trauma. And so because I've been such an open book about it, now everybody wants like an inside look into my sex life. Um, my answer for, we've been married for seven years. Here's a little backstory. So Evan and I have been married for over seven years. I'm about to surpass the longest marriage of either of my parents that they've ever had. My dad's been married and divorced like five times. My mom has, um, let's see, at least three times. So to say that this is a miracle would be an understatement. (laughs) And of course, having a healthy sex life is a very important part of a marriage. I would say, you know, it just, it depends. Like there's seasons, right? I mean, in the beginning, it was like all the time. And then we had babies and it definitely shifted. And it's just like whenever both of us feel like we want to have sex. I don't know. Um, so sometimes it's a couple times a week. Sometimes it's once a week. Sometimes it's not at all. Um, and I am just really grateful that my husband and I have amazing communication skills. Thank you, Dr. Pat Allen. I need to have her on as a guest. She is such a riot, but her book, um, getting to, I do and staying married and loving it is amazing. And by having these um, important dialogues and by checking in with each other and communicating and having these conversations outside of the bedroom, I think um, is really beneficial to a marriage. So that is kind of where that is. Um, Thoughts on having a baby on your own when you're single and haven't found a partner. I'm all for it. If, I mean, we are modern day women, ladies. We don't need a man. Thank God for IVF and all of the fertility treatments and adoption and all of these different options now that we have to have babies. 
I really don't believe that anybody should be getting in a relationship with any man just because you feel like, I'm getting older and I need to have a baby and feeling that kind of societal pressure and you feel like you want to have kids but you haven't found the right person, go ahead, girlfriend, have that baby. Were you and Tess ever homeless? No. Thankfully, Tess and I, well, actually, I can't speak for Tess. So um, so that's not totally true. I mean, I, so growing up, we always had a place to live. We were really fortunate, even in the moments where we, as my family, were relying on food stamps um, for, you know, our groceries my dad dealt with homelessness for several years. Um, luckily, like I was never out on the streets personally. I I should have Tess on the podcast soon, and we should talk about those last couple of um, months of her using, which were definitely really um, unstable, not stable at all. And she had been kind of moving place to place so I don't know if she was ever officially like living on the streets but she definitely didn't have um a home and a place to you know call her own that's for sure how do I cope with my son's father's new relationship? That is a great question because we know that divorce rates are super high, which is really sad and, and unfortunate. Honey, you got to do the work. Um, you know, I think that dealing with our own grief and dealing with our own jealousy and all of our feelings, that is our personal responsibility. And then moving forward in the relationship, having firm boundaries about what you find acceptable and what is not acceptable to you is is really important. And I think that co-parenting done right is obviously in the best interest for your child. And so you would want to, I would think, fight like hell to make sure that you are doing your part. So at the end of the day, if things didn't work out, you would feel good about the fact that you did everything in your power to be a great example for your kids um, and that you fought to make the relationship work um, as, as, a, as divorced parents. What is my favorite thing to do for myself? Okay. <laughs> My absolute favorite thing to do for myself. I don't really like getting manicures and pedicures and all of that stuff. That's like upkeep and maintenance that I actually find kind of annoying. And I know that that sounds just horrible. God, I sound like such a brat. Um, but my favorite thing to do for myself is is a spa day. Uh, there is nothing that I love more. You know, on Mother's Day, the only thing I want. So this year, Mother's Day, bless him. Bless Evan. I came downstairs to pictures from my kids, you know, taped onto my mantle and some flowers. And it was so cute. And we went to brunch, um, which was nice. But all I was thinking was, I just want to have a spa day by myself and for everybody to leave me alone. <laughs> I know, I know. I love my kids. I love my kids so much. I, I adore them. I think that they're amazing. I, I love them. But, um, 
you know, self-care is super important and there's nothing that I love more than like checking myself into the spa and getting out of my clothes, putting on that robe, sitting in the sauna, going by the pool, having a little lunch. I usually order a salad with some chips and guacamole because I am a huge guacamole fan. Side note, I didn't eat guacamole for the first time until I was 27 years old. Isn't that bizarre? Like I just... Something about it was just, it just grossed me out. And then one time Evan and I went to Mexico and they had chips and guac in the room and I was famished. I mean, I hadn't eaten in probably 12 to 15 hours at that point and I was just so hungry. It had been a long travel day. We finally checked into our room and I devoured that entire bowl of fresh warm chips and guacamole. Thank you. Shout out to Hotel Esperanza in Cabo. You are the shit. They had that ready for us in our room and I've been obsessed with guacamole ever since. I've also put on 10 pounds probably from the guacamole and I don't care because it's so good and it's now my favorite food. So I go and I have my little spa day and I sit at the spa and I you know, relax and get my massage and get a facial. And that is kind of like my, my favorite thing to do for myself. Um, someone asks, I always get questions about my sunglasses. You guys, I sunglasses are kind of my favorite accessory. Not going to lie. I love sunglasses. Um, I will do a better job at tagging them in my posts because there were in this Q&A like five different people writing me about where I get my sunglasses from. Um, If I could host a ladies dinner with any three women dead or alive, who would I invite? Wow. That is a really... Um, good question. I think that the first person would be Michelle Obama. If you know me, you know that I'm obsessed with the Obamas. I love Barack Obama. He was the best president. (laughs) I just love him. I just love him. I said in another podcast that I went on, I'm like wildly attracted to him. I don't know what it is. I just love him. I just love him. So I would have Michelle Obama because just so much knowledge, so much wisdom, and she kind of feels like a woman that you would just, you just want to give her a big hug and you want to receive that hug from her. She just, I'm sure she has such great parenting advice. She is a woman in power. She is so successful. She's super driven, just so much knowledge. I mean, I would have to have like 10 dinners with her, you know, to just absorb all of the goodness of everything that she has to say more than that. And then I'm going to throw it back to pretty wild days. And you know what? Funny, funny little side note here. So when we were recovering, recovering, (laughs) when we were recording, I don't know if I can do podcasts on my own, you guys. (laughs) When we were recording pretty wild, I got asked the question of like, who's a celebrity that you look up to? And I think I've talked about this before. They cut out like everything that I said about this woman, except for the fact that I think her husband's hot. And that's why I idolize her. But um, I would love to sit down with Angelina Jolie just because, you know, 
she's overcome so much trauma. She is an incredible woman. She's traveled the world. She, amazing mother has had really um, so many different relationships and has overcome so much. And I just, again, I just think that she would be so inspirational to sit down and talk with. So at my dinner, this would be Michelle Obama. It would be Angelina Jolie. And let's see, let's see. Who would the last person be? The last person would be my grandma because she passed away when I was really young. Her name was Libby, short for Elizabeth. And I just miss her. And she's just so loving and kind and amazing and beautiful. And so, yeah, that's my answer. I'd have my grandma. I would bring her back to life. I would have Michelle Obama and Angelina Jolie. That's a great question. How did I know my husband was the one for me? I knew on our first date, there was no question. I think I scared him a little bit because like I knew and I think maybe he knew too, but then it freaked him out a bit. So he kind of pulled back. But, um, you know, I'm just so lucky. Evan is just such an incredible man. And I know I gush about him all the time. It's probably nauseating for you guys to listen to me talk about him, but he is just such an incredible person. I cannot, there's not enough good things that I could say. I'm really lucky. He is everything and more that I could ever want in a relationship. I just, yeah. How do I deal with trust in a relationship? So that was a huge thing for me to overcome because like I said, I grew up from, you know, I have divorced parents. They've each been married and divorced multiple times. My mom dated in, um, throughout my childhood and I became attached to a lot of the relationships, you know, the men in the relationships that she was in. And then, you know, they would leave and everything would come crumbling down. So I definitely had trust, trust issues, but I dove into therapy when I think Evan and I were, I think Harper was maybe one and a little over one. So I dove into therapy and I just realized that a lot of my feelings of insecurity, so let's just, let's just address number one. I used to freak out about Evan watching porn, like would freak out. Um, I, I, I don't know why now it's like not a big deal. Maybe we've been married for so many years. Y you know, he's not addicted to it. Occasionally, if he just wants to go take care of himself, I'm all about it. I'm kind of like, yes, relieve the burden for me. Okay. <laughs> so I used to have, I definitely used to have trust, trust issues. And then I started seeing a therapist and, and really diving into that, recognizing that, um, that that's my own issue. It's not his burden to carry. And I'm responsible for my stuff. And so thank God for therapists. And we worked through that. And now it's like, I couldn't trust him more. He's just such an amazing partner. And I'm, I'm really super blessed. Best style secret. You are so effortlessly chic. Well, first of all, thank you very much. 
I definitely do not feel like the most stylish person in the world. Often I, I call my sister Gabby, who actually went to FITM, which is the Fashion Institute of De- Design and Merchandise, I think it is. Anyways, so she, <laughs> I call her and I like FaceTime her and go, is this a cute outfit or not? Um, but I love a jean. I just love jeans. I love jeans. They go with everything. I'm so much more comfortable in jeans. Right now I'm podcasting at my house in my pajamas. I definitely <laughs> don't think of myself as the most like chic put together person. If you guys just saw me in my day-to-day life, I'm probably wearing a pair of Fabletic leggings and a sweatshirt. You know, it's just kind of like I'm a mom. I'm a busy mom of two kids. If you see me at drop-off, I'm probably wearing pajamas. Um, But when I do get it together, I I like to have fun. And I ask my sister a lot for help. Um, But most often you'll see me in a cute jacket or a blazer, some jeans, and a good heel with, of course, a great pair of sunglasses. Someone asks, are you still friends with the other Bling Ring members? The answer is no. I was only really ever friends with Nick. I didn't really know Rachel or um, any of the other members very well. And Nick and I have not spoken in probably over 10 years. So, I mean, I think he messaged me once. Or I maybe messaged him um, just to check in. There was a news story out that was really quite scary. And I know that substances have been used. And so I was just like, I hope you're okay. You know, because at the end of the day, even though, you know, bridges were burned and things happened and lies were told and things like that, like, I really just care that everybody's okay. Everyone deserves to be okay. And that relationship was, I didn't really know him for very long. It was just a couple of months. And then it, of course, ended. And then, you know, I just, I wish the best for everybody. Funny story about Rachel Lee. So I'm going to get my hair done. This is a trip, you guys. I'm going to get my hair done. I'm on. I've been waiting to see this like stylist in LA. He's huge, and he supposedly works. I have such thick hair, you guys. Like I have hair that's so thick that like a ponytail snaps when I put it in. I know quality problems, but recently, and um, okay, so no, I arrived to the salon. I'm with Gabby. And I say, Gabby, that girl looks like Rachel Lee. And she goes, who? Rachel Lee, who? I'm like, shh, stop. Stop yelling. It looks like Rachel Lee. Then I didn't see her again. So his assistant like pulls me over and he talks to me. He's like, what are we doing with your hair? And he's like playing with my hair and stuff, right? And so he walks me over to get my hair shampooed. And he goes, this is my new assistant. She's going to wash your hair. I have my head in the bowl at this point, And I look up and who is it? It's Rachel Lee. I cannot make this up, you guys. It's been 10 years. We've never spoken. It, it, uh, what? Like, what are the fucking chances? I want to know. I want to know what the chances are. One in a million. It has to be. So I look up at her and she pretends not to know me. 
What? She, one of my co-defendants pretended not to know me. I was like, are you for real? She's like, hi, how are you today? And I just looked at her and I was like thinking, cut the shit. I was like, hi, how are you doing? (laughs) I mean, thank God for recovery, right? Because we can deal with these really hard and awkward situations. But I was just like, how are you? Because again, like I said, I just hope everybody is well. I'm like a rainbows and butterflies type of person. I just, I hope everybody's okay. And so we ended up chatting. She blew out my hair. He cut my hair. That was it. I've never been back since. Do I think I'll return? Even though it was the best haircut of my life? Probably not. Well, I don't know. We'll see. But there's my Rachel Lee story. She seems to be doing well. Uh, what are your thoughts on looking back on my actions, looking back on pretty wild? Okay. So I used to carry around so much shame. Shame was like just carried. It was just like this shadow that was on my back 24 seven. And I really felt a lot of guilt and shame about pretty wild and the bling ring and all of the horrendous stuff that I did while I was using pausing for my for my um, little Starbucks here and since I this is a Q&A and I know you guys aren't going to ask it's just an ice cream tea um <laughs> so obnoxious um so I I used to carry around a lot of shame and then Brene Brown, I know I'm obnoxious and I talk about her in every episode, but I started reading her books, changed my life. And now how do I feel looking back on Pretty Wild? Well, I have a lot of compassion and a lot of empathy for the girl that I used to be. She was clearly in a lot of pain. Well, I know she was in a lot of pain because it was me. Um, I had no resilience. I was just like an emotional basket case. I was completely out of control. My life was crumbling. There was no hope. I'm, I'm every day. I just, I'm, I cannot believe that I survived. I honestly can't believe that I didn't like kill myself or like overdose or yeah, it was, it was a really hard time. And so Um, now I look back on it and I'm able to laugh about it and I'm able to kind of see it from through different lenses. You know, I, I have a different, um, I even have a different feeling about all of it. Like I haven't even watched all of the pretty wild episodes. I haven't even watched most of them. Um, and that was because I used to have so much shame and now I just don't have the time but I used to feel so like, you know, I used to just feel like everybody was judging me and now they probably still are. I just don't give a fuck. Someone asked, how do I get skin like this? They say I have milky skin. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Um, shameless plug for OCM Malibu. You guys know that I absolutely love Osea and all of their products. I am currently using 
This is not Osea, it's hydropeptide, but I'm using the hydropeptide hyaluronic acid wash. And then I'm using a bunch of Osea products. So I'm using the sea mist. I am using the blemish balm. I am using the, um, I think it's a Vargas nerve oil on the back of my neck, just because I really believe that stress can make you break out. And that oil smells like if I can imagine what heaven smelled like, it would be that oil. And so I use a lot of their products. I love their white algae mask. I love their red clay mask. I love Osea Malibu. I cannot say it enough. And hopefully I'll be doing a giveaway with a package from them soon because I'm just obsessed. Did you always want to be a mom? That is a great question. Um, yeah, I, I did. I always wanted to be a mom. I loved children, um, but I was, you know, just like a crazy wild child myself when I met Evan. <laughs> I was like 19 years old. We got married when I was 21 and I had Harper by 22. So yes, I want to be a mom. I didn't know I was going to be a mom so soon, but Evan is 15 years older than me and I knew that by marrying him, the reality was that we were going to be having kids quick. Um, I don't regret it at all. I absolutely love my kids. I you know, we're just, we're, we're in a good place. So we were able to do it, um, and make it work. And it's just, it's such an amazing thing when you have the clarity and you have the, the desire to raise your children different than the way you were raised, you know, and you just do your very best and you don't beat yourself up and you give yourself grace because, Motherhood is fucking hard and brutal. And a lot of nights I cry myself to sleep. I'm not going to lie. Um, tattoos and what do they mean? Okay, so let's get into my tattoos. I get so many questions about my tattoos. And you know what? Honestly, I feel shame around my tattoos. Wow. It's like this is like a therapy session that just came out of nowhere. Um, talking about tattoos. So... I started getting tattooed really young. I was probably 14 years old when I got my first tattoo. I begged my dad to take me to get a tattoo. And because he felt so much guilt, he <laughs> took me to get a tattoo. The first tattoo was this little ohm symbol that I have on my wrist. And I um, was hooked. <laughs> I did not stop getting tattooed until well I'm still getting tattooed right now so um up until now so after I got this ohm symbol if you guys aren't familiar with the ohm symbol is it's a buddhist chant that I heard a lot growing up because I had a mom who was really into meditation and um you know, all of that stuff. Buddhism, we've been practicing Buddhism for most of my life. So I got the ohm symbol and then like I couldn't stop. And so I just started tattooing my whole body and I got a dream catcher on my foot 
because I felt like it and I was young and dumb. I got that with Tess. We took like a ton of Oxy and then it was the most painful thing. I don't, I, I smoked probably two or three Oxys before I went and did that. And I cannot even describe the pain. I will never get it touched up. It was horrendous. So we ended up, um, getting those together. And then I got this Buddha on my arm that was so ugly. If you can scroll down my Instagram feed or I'll repost it in the stories, <laughs> the before and after. Thank you. Shout out to Sung at Unbreakable Tattoo for taking all of my lemons <laughs> and really turning them into lemonade. Oh my God. So I got all of these tattoos and I would, I think that, so then I started on my sleeve. So then I have my rib cage. I got my lower back done, which I want to remove so bad when I was rolling on ecstasy and Venice beach on the boardwalk when I was maybe 17 years old, it says La Bella Vita and it is, which means a beautiful life. And honestly, it's so bad. Um, now that I've had kids, it's kind of crooked it needs to go. Um, when I first got sober, so let's talk about my sleeve on the right side of my arm. So when I first got sober, I was needing an escape. And so I went to a tattoo artist and I kind of just like word vomited my whole story. Like, you know, I'm a warrior and I've overcome so much. And this was like my narrative back then. And my whole family's fucked up. And I've, I'm just like, you know, I'm like just doing so much and I want a sleeve to represent that. And so the guy, I had already had the Ganesh um, <laughs> underneath. So I got the boot on the left side. Thank you, Sung, for fixing that. And then I've got this Ganesh on the right side underneath. And this guy drive, uh, draws up a native woman, nature, you know, butterflies and um, bees and flowers. And <laughs> I'm looking at my arm to see what I've got here. And... Um, and hummingbirds and my 19 year old self was like yes yes let's do it I love it she's like a warrior princess and she's you know whatever I was just so this was before this was before I knew anything about anything you guys this was when I got sober I was just so just taught white privilege just <laughs> had no idea about how um how stupid this would be um but I did it and I I you know it's not that I regret it um I've just become a lot more informed now about my mom is actually currently engaged to a Native American man and we've had so many um, deep conversations about their culture. And I've really just, just learned so much about even just their current oppression and the situations they're dealing with. And I became more and more educated with huge events that took place over the last couple of years, like Standing Rock. And so now I kind of use the tattoo as a conversation 
you know, starter with people who ask me about it. And, um, so there you have it. Uh, so, uh, you know, like I said, do I regret any of my, ta- if I could go back, if I could go back to my 15, 14 year old self and say, you know, don't tattoo yourself, just wait until you're 28 and you've really had time to like, think about what you like and whatever I would have, but can't do anything about it now. So here we are. I mean this in the nicest way. I promise. I love when people start with that. (laughs) How did Evan handle your past? Evan thinks my past is badass. I'm not kidding you. (laughs) We didn't actually even bring it up. Um, I don't think until like several months into the relationship and he honestly could not give a fuck. He thinks that like he thinks because Evan got a DUI. I'm not minimizing Evan's sobriety journey. He got a DUI and then he got sober. I could have had 10 DUIs and it wouldn't have gotten me sober. Like I needed to go. I was the type of junkie that like needed to go balls to the wall, like just burn my life into the ground and so he thinks I'm pretty badass (laughs) which is ridiculous because I'm not even badass at all I talked about post-pregnancy surgeries did you heal without painkillers absolutely not I mean there's no way that you can have a tummy tuck and not have pain pills. It's like your whole stomach's been sliced open. Your muscles have been sewed together. I had hernias repaired. I get this a lot with regards to um, how I am in recovery and have had so many surgeries. I mean, I've had life-threatening events where I've had to be on pain pills. I've had so many things happen, right? I've had C-section. Let's just go over my surgical history in recovery. I've had a C-section. I've had pulmonary embolism. That's blood clots in my, in my lungs. I've had a tummy tuck. I've had a breast lift. I've had liposuction. I have had bladder surgery. I have had so many surgeries and I'm still sitting here sober and people ask me all the time, how do you do it? I will tell you very simply, I, If you are really doing this work and if you're really doing the spiritual work and you're really taking care of yourself, you know, this is really controversial, Um, you know, but I don't worry about relapse. I just don't. I haven't for years and years and years. I don't know if it's because I got sober so young. I don't know if it's because of the amount of therapy that I've done. I don't know it's if it's, I think it's a combination of all of the things and I'm probably going to get pushback for this, but this is my experience. The moment that I decided that continuing to check out, and by check out, I mean check out of my life, that 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 continuing to check out rather was more painful than checking in. I knew that it was over for me. I knew it was over for me, that substances were not my friend, that they were not helping me, that they are not the solution to any of my problems. And I have been through excruciating mental and physical pain in sobriety. And I mean excruciating. I mean fucking suicidal. I mean almost dying on my deathbed in the hospital. I mean pain, pain, deep emotional pain, trauma, postpartum depression, all of that. And never once did I go, you know what? 
I think that getting high, I think if I went and scored some heroin, that would fix this right now. Doesn't even cross my mind anymore. And so what I found is that being present and checking in is far more beneficial isn't the right word. It leads to peace. It leads to growth. It leads to healing. It leads to joy. It leads to freedom. It leads to the life, all of the things that I really want. And so I've, I've learned to become okay with being uncomfortable. And I think that that's another huge part of it is like, if you're not okay with being uncomfortable, you're always going to be seeking an escape. And so my experience with taking pain pills and sobriety, you know, has always been, I want to get off these as soon as possible because I hate the way that they make me feel. Not because I'm afraid that I'm going to get loaded again, but because I really hate feeling that like woozy out of control feeling. And, you know, so I just, I take them as prescribed. I don't, I've never had an issue. Um, there was, you know, after my C-section, I had a whole nother prescription just waiting for me at the CVS to get filled. I never even filled it, never even crossed my mind like, oh, I should go get that filled and take it. Like, no, I wasn't in pain anymore. So I, that's my experience. Um, I know that that's not everybody's experience, but that, that's just mine. And I haven't really, um, I haven't really ever worried about that. Um, okay. So last two questions. Can you talk about your relationship with Tess and what it's like now? My relationship with Tess is, um, is fine. I mean, she lives on the other side of the country. She's a mom now. I'm a mom. I think that Um, we're like kindred souls. Like we'll never stop loving each other. We'll never stop caring about each other. I know a lot of people like want to make up stuff like that we're fighting and feuding and all of that, but that's not the truth. The truth is that I wish Tess the very best and I hope that she's doing well always. And I'm actually going to visit her next month. Actually, I don't know when this episode's going to come out. So in July, um, and I just, I, I can't wait I cannot wait. I adore her. I think that um, her moving was the best choice for her. And I totally support her in the um, in her journey. Last question is like, what does my spirituality look like today? Okay, so right now I'm diving into um, A Course in Miracles which I would recommend for everybody. They talk a lot about God, but really it's about, it's not so much religious. It's not at all religious actually as it is spiritual. So right now I'm diving into A Course in Miracles, which has changed my life before and I just feel like I need a tune-up. So I'm doing it again. It's 365 days of lessons. And then I'm also doing um, Ernest Holmes' The Science of Mind 365, which is daily, again, not daily devotionals, daily lessons that I'm meditating on. I'm going back to basics because I feel like when your life is kind of feeling like it's falling apart, you got to get back to basics. So I'm also doing a gratitude list. I'm writing out three things that I'm grateful for a day, no repeats. And I'm writing out why too, because I feel like when you're writing a gratitude list, you need to really feel why you're grateful for these things. So 
if I was to write, I'm grateful for my house, I would write, I'm grateful for my house. And then I would branch off and put like shelter and takes, you know, keeps my kids safe and provides me with a warm bed every night or a roof over my head or whatever it is. Okay. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm also working on a couple of different manifestations. Um, my affirmations currently are about finances and about healing. Um, so I'm doing that. And then what I'm listening to right now is there is an amazing audible um, meditation called The Secret of Healing with um, Deepak Chopra. And I'm listening to that every day. And, you know, just like meditating, trying to stay present, diving into the truth that spirit, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, energy, source, love is all that there is. It is me. It is you. It is everybody. And, um, you know, just focusing on positive thinking and yeah, and that's pretty much it. So thanks for listening today, guys. And up next is your weekly affirmation. Bye. This week's affirmation is, I am one with the very power that created me. And so it is. <laughs> <laughs>